everyone, it is Stephanie Postles, the host of Up Next in Commerce. Before we get into our latest interview with another e-commerce leader, I wanted to let you know that the Up Next in Commerce podcast is now available for sponsorship for the first time ever. By partnering with us, your company will be connected to interviews with the most compelling founders, CEOs, VPs, and digital leaders in the world of commerce today. You have nothing to gain but thousands of followers and millions of impressions each and every month. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to see how your business can benefit from partnering with our team at Up Next in Commerce. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce, the show that takes you to the front lines of what's happening in digital, retail, and beyond, with conversations from fast-growing startups to the Fortune 500 and everything in between. You'll get a glimpse into what's next. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, the co-founder and CEO of mission.org, and I'll be your guide through all the trends, innovations, and hot topics in the world of commerce. What are business leaders thinking about when they aren't winning at business? Family, travel, the latest TV show? Yes, yes, and maybe. But how about quirky business opportunities or little discussed financial trends, or maybe even plant medicine benefits and alternative wellness? Mission Daily is back, baby, and our flagship podcast is better than ever. Mission Daily is the podcast for the business builder, the thoughtful marketer, the team manager, the blue-collar worker looking for new ways to think about life, finances, and health. This is for the people who want to break the status quo and laugh a little or a lot along the way. Join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we address the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't often talk about. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Up Next in Commerce. Here with me today is Erwin Gunawan, the founder and CEO of Irwin's, the first brand to make salted egg potato, cassava, and salmon skin chips. It's hugely popular overseas, and now it's taking America by storm. I've even seen it in Costco. Erwin, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. I'm very awake where I know you're in Singapore and it's your bedtime right now. So I think we can make this work, though. I'll bring the energy, and then you can get excited for bedtime after this. How's that sound? Okay. Okay. Sounds, sounds, sounds good. <laughs> All right. So I was looking through you know, your company, of course, and it's a super interesting background. I have not talked to any companies like this. And so I want to hear a bit about the start to Irwin's snack brand. Tell me a bit about your restaurant days so we can give our listeners and viewers a bit of context of you know, where you were and where you are today. Okay, so so we make um, we are out of uh, Singapore. We are a food company, and we make the snacks. Uh, we make the salted egg uh, fish, uh, salmon skin, and salted egg butter chips. And if you're wondering what what the hell it is, um, because it's quite a unique food items, right? It's it's something quite uniquely uh, Asian. So we make uh, our products in Singapore, of course. And now salted egg has become like quite a mainstream thing here. It's not always been so. Um, I think uh, we were kind of the catalyst of the salted egg becoming a thing in Singapore. And also the, the, the salmon skin, uh, you know, as a snacks. If you're wondering, like, you know, salmon skin, is it like uh, uh, you have been consuming it in, in Singapore for a long time? No, the answer is no. Um, it's also something that we have kind of innovated in the past uh, seven years. And, and now it's coming re- really common. Yeah. I mean, so what I think is so interesting about your product is seeing it here. I have seen it in the markets, um, especially at the Asian markets here. And I saw that you guys are also in Costco. But 
I want to hear about the founding story of where this came from, because, you know, from the outside, you see this product and you're like, oh, yeah, I can see why it's resonating here in the U.S. I can see why people like this. But I want to actually hear how this company even got started. So it actually started, um, you know, I started my company about 15 years back. So in 2007, I just got um, graduated from Australia, came back to Singapore because that's where my family lived. Um, I was originally born in uh, Indonesia, but I've lived now more than half my life in Singapore. So when I got back, I've always kind of dreamt of uh, doing my own restaurant, you know, back in my my university days. So when I go back to Singapore, I opened my first restaurant. Uh, it's an Indonesian restaurant. And then the second year, I opened this restaurant called Irvin's, and we are serving uh, Singaporean seafood, basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you know about Singapore uh, food, we are known for selling crabs and the most mm-hmm. famous being chili crab. Yeah. So this is kind of like the sister of it. Um, we, we have chili crab, black pepper crab, and we have the salted egg crab. So uh, my restaurants, right, it's called Irvin's and it was famous for the salted egg crab. Long story short, after like about three years of, of doing business in the Orchard Road, the main promenade, we got we got kind of like, you know, the business was, was booming and it was good and all these things. And then suddenly one day, uh, because I was naive, uh, we got kicked out from the restaurant um, by the landlord. Mm-hmm. So uh, because he was doing he was doing good, was, that's the funny thing. He was doing well, and we got kicked out. And mm. the landlord, long story short, he, they brought in his own concept, which is basically a copy of mine. So he's uh-huh. trying to make his, his own quick buck. How to do? Did it do well? Yeah, after three years, they got. I think they closed down. <laughs> that's karma. That's the universe coming back, being like, can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> So, but but uh, I mean, I, I learned I learned my lesson there. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you gotta you, you gotta you gotta be careful about contracts and all that. You know, um, mm-hmm. these things happen, and when you don't own your own space, you know, you got there's always a risk of that happening. But yeah. anyway, we moved. Um, we finally moved to another location, and I made a big mistake uh, in assuming that you know different locations the restaurant can do uh, equally well. So this was in the neighborhood area, and we were selling seafood. So, so in the neighborhood area, people are generally more cost conscious and they don't eat seafood, you know, like every single week, right? So the business re- was really bad in, the, in that neighborhood location. So I, as generally uh, with, with business, business owners, when the going gets tough, the, the, the creative juices start to boil and start to, mm-hmm. go, <laughs> start to uh, come, in, come alive. So yeah. I was experimenting with a lot of things, right? I was doing buffet and all these things. Anyway, long story short, one of the things that, you know, that re- was really smart that we got to do is that we said, we said to ourselves, you know, you got to be focused on what we are really good at. And basically like everyone's, every single one of our customers come to our restaurant to eat the salted egg thing, salted egg crab. So, so I, I talked to my chefs, like I told them, why don't we try to make this salted egg into like more dishes, not just a crab, right? So, so I asked him to make like 10 dishes out of the salted egg. You know, you name it like salted egg, uh, fried rice, salted egg noodles, things like mm-hmm. that, right? Salted egg chicken. And two of the items, uh, which is the salted egg salmon skin, salted egg potato chips was in the menu. So it was actually a, um, a product that we make for, for the restaurant, like it's, it's in the menu. But then a lot of people, a lot of our customers would actually be purchasing the product to bring it home. Mm-hmm. And I saw that I saw that uh, kind of like a, a habit start to form. So I said to myself, you know, why why do I have to burden my chefs to prepare uh, these items every single time the customers order it? What I did was I told them, you know, let's let's uh, close up the restaurant in the morning, 
and prepare the, those snacks in the morning. Mm -hmm. And we, we will put it in the top so that when the customers come in the, at the, in the evening and they, they buy it, it's ready. It's ready for them to, to, to pick up. Smart. So, so that, that's what happened. And, and, and I start seeing like really a lot of people really love this product. And they, they started to come just to, to buy to buy that 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 tops of mm -hmm. uh, salmon skin and potato chips. And I thought to myself, you know, this is actually a really good opportunity because you know suddenly this thing I can sell. I'm not bounded by location anymore. Like I don't have to sell it in my restaurant. I can sell it anywhere. So that's what we did. You know, we I started doing pop-ups in places. I started to sell them in the online. You know, we make a website, right? Mm -hmm. And then we sell, start selling them online, D2C model. You know, we'll just uh, deliver to the customers. And that's how um, actually the snack spaces started. So um, we started with the one pop-up, uh, which, which was in the office area. And it got really viral in the office area because... Literally, the office ladies—they love it and they share to their friends, and that's mm -hmm. how and that's how the snacks become really viral in the in the office. I remember because uh, me and my brother were, we would take turns to actually man up, um, man the man the store, the pop up, right? And by the way, it's like a really small pop up. We would open at eleven. The queue for the products would start at ten o'clock. Wow! And we would uh, run out by twelve o'clock. That's when you know you've got something good. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, and this was when you were selling it in like plastic tubes, right? Is that is that the time frame? You know, it's, it's, it's plastic tub, plastic, plastic tub, plastic tub. Yeah. yeah, tubes. Yeah, which I was reading. You know, you had a quote around how many entrepreneurs focus on making things look nice from the start, and how you would maybe get caught up previously making things look nice instead of just focusing on the product. And yeah, I'd love to hear you know lessons that maybe you use today from how you originally sold things in plastic tubes <laughs> this is exactly what mvp is mm -hmm. like my experience right um because it really is uh, to be honest like a terrible top yeah it doesn't give any protection to the um to the product and after a few days of selling uh, of, of like from it's being produced to this to selling you will start to see some oil uh, oil on the on the top as well mm -hmm. so it, it is not a great uh, experience i would say yeah. But people, you know, because the, the product itself is so new, it's so it's so good, like people overlook all that, you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So this is like um, that we know that this is like a really differentiated product um, and the MVP works. So when we um, decided to scale it up, it was going to be like, we're going to improve the packaging. Mm -hmm. So we, we work with uh, some university. Uh, we created the proper packaging for it, right? So when you, when you talk about the snacks, Everyone does this. They use an use an aluminum um, pouch, mm -hmm. and we would um, inject in the nitrogen and remove out the oxygen, remove out all the moisture, so the product can last longer. Mm -hmm. So we went from the top being a one month shelf life product to the eventually the aluminum pouch that has a one year, you know, shelf life, mm -hmm. and that really opened up a whole new ball game for us because previously people will just buy it. You know, they will just buy it within Singapore, but they couldn't bring it back home. I mean, overseas, you know, for example, mm -hmm. to Indonesia and things like that. But when you have a one year shelf life product, then suddenly like everyone can buy it. Like even to the US, yeah, uh, people will buy it, you know? So, so it really, um, there was one of the thing that we did to expand the popularity of the product. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, now when I look around, you seem to be, everywhere in the U.S., like you're definitely expanding what looks like quickly. 
how did you get those relationships? And like, yeah, how did you get your foot in the door at Costco at, you know, a lot of the Asian markets, I think it's called like 99 market, maybe. I mean, I've gone to them, but like, how did you get your foot in the door at all these places? Yeah, um, I mean, I would have to consider ourselves like really lucky. Okay. I kind of wanted to tell you like um, what differentiates our product compared to the, uh, you know, our snacks, right? And what makes it different is that the way we actually produce it, uh, even in our factory today, is is exactly the way we, we were doing it in the restaurant, which is like doing um, uh, the chef will be cooking them, right? And mixing them. And they will use the natural um, ingredients such as like curry leaves and chilies. So until today, um, you, you will not, if you go to our factory, you will not find, you know, huge automated machineries. Um, what you will find is like we have segments in our factory. And we have uh, rooms and each room is doing uh, preparations, you know, like cutting the chilies uh, and then we'll have the mixing, the, all these ingredients in, in, in the mixing room. And we, we have uh, chefs actually doing the cooking for the, for the snacks. So in a way, you might think like it's, it's not the most efficient way of doing things, but it's also like um, we believe like the way we process it uh, creates the best quality product, you know, and, and I hope like our customers when they try it uh, can really tell the difference. So uh, just uh, a bit of a story about like, you know, what really differentiates our products compared to the market. When we first sell, start selling in the U.S., people already know about the product. And, uh, you know, your, your, your next question might be like, how do, how do people actually know about this product? Yeah. Well, it's, we, we were strategically locating our stores in Singapore. And I was very surprised as well, like how many um, Americans will travel to Singapore for business or for mm. holiday. Yeah. And they will bring back our products. Got it. Okay. Because our products were, I mean, we were very feasible. You know, you can find us in the stores, in the, in the main malls. You can find us in the in the airports. So it was just it was just a perfect product to bring back from Singapore. It reminds them of Singapore, right? Mm -hmm. And people will bring back in, in bags, basically. And they will share it to their friends. And that happened, um, you know, for three years between, I guess, 2017 to 2020. Mm -hmm. So eventually when we start talking to people in 2019 in the U.S., to our surprise, like everybody knows about the product already. Mm -hmm. And it was not, it was not that difficult to, right, to try to convince the distributors, like, you know, this is a product I can sell in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Because people, um, people in the, especially the Asian American community already, know, already knows about it. Mm -hmm. So I would say like we got really lucky. Uh, we got really lucky as well. We got connected with some um, really influential people in the U.S. Um, we talked about uh, our first uh, partner was Bopomofo Bopo Cafe. Mm -hmm. uh, the guys behind them are actually um, behind the Wong Fu production. Okay. The, the, uh, they are uh, YouTube mm -hmm. stars. Yep. So And they have like a, a big reach within the Asian American community. And they, um, we, are, we were able to partner with them to sell them through their channels. And they introduced, you know, uh, um, I guess it, uh, it was um, a really good collaboration because people in the community knows about Airbnb's launching in the U.S. after that. That's great. Okay, so you're tapping into influencers. You have people like Cardi B talking about you. I see you have some, <laughs> like, people everywhere of different, uh, different flavors talking about this company, which is pretty... Impressive. Like, how excited were you when you start seeing celebrities talking about your product organically? I remember, like, uh, waking up in the morning, 
And suddenly people start messaging us like, eh, Cardi B is uh, <laughs> talking about the product. And eventually, like the crazy thing is like in Singapore, that actually make the news in Singapore. Wow. Like, in the, like, like news, that's, news, news, you know. That's great. So uh, you can imagine like how, how far fetched, how, like how far the celebrities influence like mm-hmm. people like RDB in the, in the world. Like we listen to the music, to the American music and all these things, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I was very surprised. And this was something very interesting as well. Um, the, the story is that actually uh, RDB was going to H Mart or Range 99, one of them. Mm-hmm. She, was try- she was trying to uh, try new Asian products. And okay. she asked her fans, like, you know, can you recommend me some new products to try? And mm-hmm. like a lot of people said, you know, they tried the South Lake Salmon Skin. And apparently uh, she loved it. Oh, so that's great. she did a tweet for us. There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily, a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine, and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're going to go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about, but don't talk about. Publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Have you had to transform the product when bringing it into the U.S. market? Because of course my mind is going to like, there seems to be so many opportunities, maybe in Singapore. And when I went to Japan, I want to come home with like everything that I had there. I wanted to bring it back. But like, do you have to change the product or have you had to change it since bringing it here to the U.S.? Well, there's an interesting story about that. Like uh, initially when we wanted to go to U.S., actually uh, there was a big problem because uh, our fish skin that we are selling in the in, in Asia is actually not allowed to be um, brought into into the U.S. Wait, what is it that you can't bring in? The dory fish, huh? You can't bring in the fish that you use for this product. You can't bring it into the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, because oh. they are made from um, dory, this dory fish um, okay. from the Vietnam. Mm-hmm. It's actually, um, some uh, for some reasons, it's not allowed to be brought in into us. Are they like an invasive fish? What's wrong with these dory fish? <laughs> I'm thinking about finding Nemo dory. What's wrong with them? But... <laughs> So it's, it's not exactly that uh, that dory. Oh. So this dory fish is is, is called the pangasius fish in in Asia, mm-hmm. and there are um, okay. I think there are some history about that dory fish uh, into the U.S. I think there was uh, a little bit of a protectionism, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, because that fish is actually very very cheap, and. This is just uh, my opinion. It might not be true or not, mm-hmm. but I think uh, the U.S. is trying to protect its fish industry as well. Got it. And that's why the, that fish is banned. Anyway, so, you know, we tried our best. We couldn't get the product in. Mm-hmm. So we had to find other ways. So we quickly looked for other kind of uh, fish skin that we can use. And we settled on salmon skin. So... We spent the next like six to nine, six to twelve months to develop the salmon skin for the U.S. market, 
And once it's ready, then then we um, started selling. So so the first six months of our U.S. business, actually, we were just selling our potato chips and cassava chips. So mm. no, no, no fish skin at all. Got it. Did you bring the salmon skin one back to Singapore? Um, yeah. And eventually I, I, I was selling the salmon skin as well mm-hmm. because it's the, the, the flavor and the taste is totally different. The texture is totally different as well. Uh-huh. So it makes sense. Uh, another interesting difference between Asia and U.S., the tolerance for spiciness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I find it's different. When we when we were presenting it to the Costco, for example, the buyer is like, "This is too hot," <laughs> mm-hmm. so we had, we had to really tone it tone it down. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something we we are working on at the moment. And that's fine. It's just like a you know, yeah. I think um, because in this part in, in Asia, we, you got really exposed to so many different uh, chilies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we would we would eat mala and. Evolved sambal from Indonesia, mm-hmm. but so we just, we just we, we are used to we are, we grow up with all this kind of chilies. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's just uh, maybe the US not yet uh, there yet. No, yeah, I'm like I don't even think I tasted my first jalapeno until I was like 12. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the jalapeno is really spicy though. Yeah, so well to me they're really spicy, but maybe not to you. Maybe you'd be like, it's mm, child's <laughs> play. <laughs> so, do you ever now look around? in Singapore and be like, oh, there's so many other things we could introduce to the world and not just keep it here in Singapore. Because I feel like you've broken the code. Now you like, you know what to do. You know how to get it in front of people. You know how to, you know, yeah. Like, I'm sure there's more things that you look around and see that are like, that could be a good thing to bring other places. And that's, that's really, um, I mean, look at our generation now and look at our parents' generation. Like we now, know what kimchi is mm-hmm. we know we know korean culture you know people know what's um people watch squid game for example yeah and these are the kind of things um like korean foods my mom don't even know when when she, when she was growing up so i think there's a lot of interest in more um specialized products exotic products uh, some say and people are much more well traveled and they they bring in all these things, you know, they are very interested in um, what's available in Singapore, in, in Indonesia. And we have uh, a very, uh, I mean, the heritage of the food culture in this part of the world is, is quite rich as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what we do. Like, like when you talk about the, in Asia, our, our party is basically people eating together in, in, in a round table. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't drink as much, but we really... Um, savior our food mm-hmm. and when when we are eating our dinner what we talk about is like food mm-hmm. <laughs> and what to have in the what to have uh, what kind of food do we have we're gonna have tomorrow so yeah i think uh we certainly want to bring more of um, what's available in the singapore and this part of the world mm-hmm. and you know bring it over to the u.s i think people will be really interested yeah yeah. What What is your next things you're eyeing up, eyeing up or like what are some maybe best kept secret in Singapore where you're like, when the world finds out, <laughs> this is going to be popular? So um, we are still working in our salt, I mean, salted egg sauce mm-hmm. um, because that's where, where the origin of our, I know, in our restaurant, we were using the sauce to, to make uh, the, the crab. So um, like the first iteration of, this, of the salted egg, actually, people are actually making it for um, this restaurant dishes, right? So mm. when we introduce the sauce, hopefully people can use it to make their own dish, for example. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what other things? Um, we want to really introduce a lot of the chilies from this part of the world, like different kind of chilies. Mm-hmm. And then um, there is uh, also like uh, some pretty interesting soy-based uh, snacks made from tempeh, which is from Indonesia. Yeah. And we, we have been looking at that, you know. So um, I think this is in line with people wanting to... Um, get healthier as well. They are, people are more choosy in what they eat, mm-hmm. want to be more plant-based. So there are um, plenty of these kind of uh, items that we can use, ingredients in, in, in Asia that, that can produce the kind of, this kind of snacks. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to see what you guys come up with next and yeah, hopefully see it in some of the markets here and Costco and everywhere. So I want to ask, what are you most excited about over the coming year? What are you looking forward to the most? I'm really excited about collaborations, actually. Mm-hmm. So last year, we we had one of our biggest collaborations with the noodle brand called Nissin. And they are the originator of uh, uh, instant noodles, right? They're from Japan. Ah, I thought that was who they were. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they have this 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 very popular product, which is the cup noodles, yep. which is everywhere. Yeah. So... They approached us in Singapore because they wanted to create the salted egg noodles. It was really exciting, you know. So over the past one and a half years, we were developing these noodles and, and uh, we're just now selling in Singapore, Thailand, and Hong Kong. But it's, it's really super successful and just another um, kind of category that we are introducing our salted egg, salted egg in. Mm-hmm. But the most exciting thing is like to be able to work with these guys because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're still a small company, growing company. Mm-hmm. And to be able to um, work with these guys and to actually watch how they develop their products, you know, how efficient they are, how how they're managing their projects. Mm-hmm. Um, we are learning so much, you know, from these collaborations. So um, after that, there are plenty of opportunities that comes uh, to our plate in terms of people working to, wanting to work with us. Mm-hmm. And that is like... Um, very exciting and like it opens up a lot of uh, new ideas. Mm-hmm. And we are also talking to some people in, in, in the U.S. to create, you know, something that is, uh, uh, can be localized for the U.S. market. So this is uh, something really exciting to me. Like, for example, another example, right? So this, this T-shirt I'm wearing here is, is, mm-hmm. is made by mm-hmm. Cotton On. It looks like it's like peanuts or lima beans. Oh, wait, potato chips. <laughs> I could only see the first little part. I couldn't see the bottom. Got it. Okay. He has yeah. a, a image of potato chips on his shirt. Okay. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, so, so this is, this is, um, um, made in collaboration with, with Cotton On. So Cotton mm-hmm. On is a, is a yeah, clothing company out of, yep. out of, uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. They, they also have shops, I think in, in the U S yeah, they're in the malls and yeah. And they, they approach us because we have these cute characters and all that they wanted to again, localize their clothes for the Singapore mm-hmm. market. And we happen to be quite well known in Southeast Asia. So not just in Singapore, but in some other countries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like, you know, this is uh, something really creative and same thing. Yeah. Um, I've always dreamed of, of, of create, uh, doing all these creative things. So, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's really, really fun to do. Yeah. You know, you've taken off when you're being asked to be put on clothing and partnering with the largest like instant noodle company 
out there. So yeah, and and I mean, I, I was thinking last time, like how 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 much can I push this to be to become a, like our characters that we develop? There's a whole world of uh, stories behind it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, can we actually m- make it into something that we can license in the future? Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, but it's 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 really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Awesome story. I can't wait to see where you guys head and the growth. And yeah, congratulations on all the success so far. Thank you so much. Until next time, where can people learn more about Irwin's and maybe even try out some of the products? I mean, people can find us uh, pretty much in all the H-Marts and Range 99 there are. We are in selected stores in Costco, not all of them, uh, but mostly in, uh, in LA and San Francisco and, and New York, uh, you can find our products. Mm-hmm. We are currently... Um, working uh, to be able to distribute our products in uh, Albertsons as well. So mm-hmm. we're in contact with them. So we want to go to the mainstream. That will be our next challenge in the U.S., I think, to introduce our products to more, more of a mainstream audience. So, yeah, maybe maybe you can uh, give me some, some advice how to do that. <laughs> I'll do my best. We'll follow up after this and uh, I'll give you my ideas. I have <laughs> lots of ideas, many of which I don't know should be even listen to, but <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay, okay. I, 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 I was reading that you actually, you worked in Google before. Mm-hmm. And, and do, you, do you guys, um, is this something like snacks, things things like this that you, you guys would yeah. share in the in the campus? Yeah, yes, yeah. You, you definitely could uh, reach out to some of their distributors there because I worked in the Bay Area mm-hmm. and in Palo Alto and up in the San Francisco office and these snacks would do really well in that area. So, mm. hey, it's worth a shot cold emailing them and being like, I hear this will do well here. And, you know, who can I talk to about getting the snaps, snacks on campus? And they look for brands that aren't mainstream. Like they don't want, you know, the largest brands who own the whole market. How health conscious are you guys um, choosing your snacks? Pretty darn health conscious. Yeah, <laughs> I would say, especially in that area, um, you would want to, yeah, make sure there's no MSGs and things like that in the product. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty health conscious. Well, our salmon skin is is full of protein, and mm-hmm. you know. Well, there you go. Omega three. So instead of instead of carbs, this is protein. This is better, right? Yeah. There you go. There's your pitch. You already got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone. This was great. listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.